Hello, 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 my sexy audience. <laughs> I'm Gaia Morissette, and welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life. Mm. I'm your hostess with the mostess. So this morning, um, I'm going to share, hold on, allergies, the show must go on. <laughs> I'm going to share with you about my open swim marathon and that I did yesterday and, um, and all the journey that went through that and how inspired I am to share this knowledge with you because it's, it's been a journey, uh, a really, really hard journey for me. Um, it's not been an easy journey. And I hope this inspires you to understand that mind over matter is an actual thing. All right, let's get into our topic today. All right, here we go. Woo. So, let's start, let's rewind. Let's start so that you have an understanding of where and how I came to be where I am today. So in 2000, on my birthday, November 17th, 2000, I was driving to my pottery studio, which I used to own a pottery and drumming teaching studio for like 12 years. And I was driving to my studio because I had just tested out a new glaze and I was super excited about, you know, I just fired it in the kiln and I was super excited about what it was going to, what color it was going to turn out and my my partner at the time was driving and we were going to check it out and it was my birthday and I was so excited and I was, I was singing like, happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me. And all of a sudden, slam, we get T-boned. And it, that moment changed my life forever. So we got T-boned, somebody ran a red light, T-boned us in the side of the uh, driver's side, and that pushed us so far that it, we ended up going head-on into a tree. So we got pushed sideways and forward, and the van was, and I was in a van. Thank God I was in a van. Um, was completely crushed, and I was knocked unconscious on impact, which is also really good. That I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I saw pictures. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really glad I don't remember that. So anyways, what happened is I had broken ribs. I sprained every muscle in my body. I had nerve damage, concussion, like all sorts of things uh, happened in that car accident. I was bedridden for months and months and months. Um, you know, my whole life, my brain got scrambled. So my whole life shifted in that moment at 25. Before then, I was super physically active. Um, and, you know, I danced, you know, three times a week. I, you know, when I was a teenager, I played lots of sports. Um, when I was young, I swam competitively, like I was super, super fit and super active. And so at 25, my, I basically change from having this really wonderful active lifestyle to um, being incompetent or incapable of even uh, brushing my hair at times. 
So I start the reco- re, re, you know, on the re, basically reclaiming my life 19 years ago. And over those 19 years, um, you know, the first, I would say like the first 10 were not so much fun. <laughs> not fun at all. Um, both emotionally, physically, and psychologically. The last nine years, however, has been much improved, and I want to share with you kind of what was the catalyst for that shifting. So I was told after the car accident, just so, you, just so that we get a full picture here, I was told under the, after the car accident, one, I was, I was supposed to give up my pottery studio, that there was no way I could do pottery. And I basically told them all to go fuck themselves that I would figure out a way, um, which I did. I did a lot of, figured out a lot of ways of still living my life. (coughs) All the things that I loved, um, but I had to do them in a very different way and I had to adapt in a very, very different way, right? So while I was doing those things um, and learning to adapt, I was told the other thing was that I was going to be in chronic pain for the rest of my life and that I might as well get used to being on heavy, heavy narcotics. So being basically a giant stoner on Percocets and and Oxycontin. And that was how I was going to have to function in life. And I was like, no way. I am not going to live in this numbed out state. Nope, not going to happen. And so I went on a road to connect with, you know, uh, naturopaths and homeopaths and, and massage therapy and all sorts of alternatives, you know, pain management strategies. And, oh, FYI, for anybody suffering from chronic pain, orgasm is um, my best and favorite of all of my pain management strategies (laughs) and works really good and it's cheap. (laughs) All right. Okay. So you could, honestly, could you really have a podcast for me that I didn't actually mention orgasms? I think not. Um, I'm just going to check in with uh, everybody who's engaging with me in, in the live realm right now. Hey, Angie, thanks for being here. Mm, sending you lots of love. Um, okay, back to the story. All right, so I go to Costa Rica, and I am there, and I'm like, okay. And I really, really wanted, I was asked to go on this like boat tour. And so I really wanted to go on this boat tour and we were going to, we're going to go on this boat ride, which I love the water. Um, So we're going to go on this boat ride and we're going to go across the bay and we're going to go across the Gulf and and we're going to hang out on the beach. And I've been to this area in Costa Rica many times, but I never actually hung out on the beach on across on on the golf. I was like, oh, this would be great. So I packed for, hey, we're gonna hang out on the beach. I brought books and all sorts of things, snacks, <laughs> sorts of things for like beach time. So we get there and we get on the beach and I happen to be hanging out with I shit you not, a bunch of yoga instructors, rock climbing, 
um, you know, like highly, highly physically active, their level of activity was like through the roof. And my, and it was a big deal for me to take the, the bike that where I was staying and bike half an hour to get to the boat. That was, that was a huge, huge, huge win for me. Right. Just so that you understood where I was at. Okay. <laughs> so we get to the beach and the people that I'm with, they're like, Hey, I heard there's this awesome waterfall. That's not very far from the beach. Like, let's go check it out. And I'm like, well, how far? And they're like, well, they said it was like only like a five, 10 minute walk from the beach to like this really epic, like 50 foot waterfall. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. So I got my backpack filled with really heavy shit <laughs> for beach hanging out. <laughs> I don't have like jungle attire. I'm like, I'm not prepared. Right. Anyways. So off we go, walking into the jungle to go find this waterfall. And we get, you know, we stop and we get some directions from some locals that are there. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's not that far, you know, just, but you have to climb, you like, you have to climb up like three waterfalls to get to that waterfall. And so, you know, off we go. And, and by the way, when people, just as an FYI, uh, when you ask for directions in Costa Rica, be prepared that not that far doesn't really mean not that far. <laughs> I think their interpretation of not that far is not the same as, as you know, some of maybe the, you're not that far. So um, I lovingly invite you to ask for, what does that mean when you say not that far? <laughs> Make sure you're on the same page. So we end up walking for mm, about an hour and a half. That's not, you know, just up the way, right? An hour and a half. We get to the first waterfall. We climb the first waterfall. We get to the second waterfall, climb the second waterfall. We get to the third waterfall, climb the third waterfall. Now, don't get me wrong. The fourth waterfall was epic and it was worth the climb. It was amazing. It was breathtaking. So I had a mango with me and so I'm eating this mango you know, and it's dripping all over me. And then I wash off in the waterfall. Like it was one of those magical, like, ah, moments. And then, but we are in the jungle. So this is really important for anybody who's never gone jungle adventuring. Um, the number one rule of jungling adventuring is that you have a machete with you. <laughs> because there's like creatures and animals and things that could kill you and you might want to have a machete just for you know protection so we don't have a machete and of all of us I'm the only person on this tour that's ever actually spent any time in the jungle these were all like tourists from you know North America right who didn't have any jungle sense whatsoever which is i.e. why they were walking in the jungle so all right so we get to the waterfall it's great blah 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 so then uh, there's a tourist, tour guide, who brought people there, who had a dog and a machete with him, and was also wearing the appropriate footwear, because that's the other thing about, you know, jungling adventure. So you shouldn't be, like, you know, in running shoes or flip-flops while you're in the jungle, um, just for protection and all sorts of things. So we also didn't have the proper footwear. 
It's actually really lucky that all of us came out of the jungle alive. <laughs> all right. He says, hey, if you climb up the wa this waterfall, there's this amazing tree that you can, like magical tree, basically, that you can climb. And it's like, it's like epic. And then there's a trail that will help bring you back down. And so, of course, I'm with like mountain climbing, you know, athletic yoga yogis who are like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Now, I don't know what possessed me to think that that was a good plan for me, but I decided to go with the flow. I think part of it was because I was worried about them. I think on one hand, I was like, I don't think they'll make it alive if I don't go with them. And on the other hand, I was like, I think I can do this. So we start climbing up, and I shit you not, a 50-foot waterfall, sheer cliff. Sheer cliff. <laughs> I'm like halfway up the cliff, and I'm like... My arms are giving out. My legs are giving out. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I, I can't get back. I can't go back. And if I let go, I'm going to die. So I only hope I have is to get up forward. And so I go forward. And <laughs> I know, right, Andy? Just checking in with my, my, my listeners. I'm like, yeah. And, uh, you know, Angie said, oh, my God, you know, the whole concept of distance, right? She's like, the same here in India. I know. It's really important to ask what the distance, oh, not that far, means. <laughs> okay, back to the story. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> do I make it? Well, I do make it because obviously I'm still talking to you. So I make it to the top. And I'm like, every cell in my body is like on fire. And I cannot believe that I have like just climbed a 50 foot sheer cliff wall. <laughs> we get to the top and the tree was magical. Like it was, it was probably one of the most magical trees I've ever seen. However, I did not have the energy or the strength to climb it. <laughs> Luckily, there was a bench there. I sat down on the bench, I drank some water, and I ate one of my snacks. <laughs> and I changed my shoes from like water shoes to actually like, you know, running shoes. So I changed my shoes. So now we're gonna like find the trail. We can't find the trail. All of a sudden, now we are like actually in the jungle, no trail. There's no, like we are not on any path. There is no path. We are actually in the jungle. Like there's no path at all. With no machete, no proper footwear. <laughs> and somehow we have to get back to the boat and we don't have compasses. We don't have anything. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, let's get to the edge of the water. Like let's get to the water and we can follow the water. By following, if we can get down to the beach, at least then um, we can stay along the water. And that will eventually take us to where the boat's coming and pick us back up. So we do this. So this five hours, okay, by this, by this time, the, the whole adventure was like five hours long. By the time we get back to the boat. So then we have another hour and a half boat ride. And then, you know, we get back to the thing. Now, I still have like a half an hour bike ride. And at the end of my bike ride where I stayed, 
there's a giant hill. <laughs> so I'm sitting, I managed, I get the I get on the bike, I get the bike to the to the bottom of the hill, and I sit at the bottom of the hill and I start to cry. I'm like, I can't make it up this hill, but I have no choice. It's like the it's like the waterfall. I have no choice. If I don't, I can't stay at the bottom of this hill. The beds, the food, the everything, and it's getting dark. And at night, the snakes come out and all sorts of critters come out. And, and I'm like, and I don't, and of course, I don't have any of the appropriate attire for the, that kind of, you know, nighttime jungling adventuring. Like, I got to do this. And so I walk the bike up the hill. And each step, I'm crying. And all I can keep saying is, one more step, one more step. One more step, one more step. <laughs> I get home. I get finally get back to the house, and I crash, and I can't move for a couple of days. Thank God there was a massage therapist that was that worked out of the village that came to the house to work on me for a couple of days so that I can move. And so that was the beginning of me realizing. So once I came through and I survived all of that. I realized, okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not that broken. Like, I'm not as broken as I've been told. That's not, I'm not as broken as I've moved for the last 10 years. I'm not like the, the fact that I could, that I actually survived and lived through all of that and actually was capable of doing that. It was like this thing shifted in my brain. It was like, it like went click, click, click. It's like I could hear it. I could feel it. And it was like, well, if you could do that under distress <laughs> of survival, what if you could be that healthy and be able to do that by choice and live and that that was your normal way in which you could physically move? Because if you could do it once, there's got to be a way that you could train your body. And this is without any like training or exercise or anything um, up to this point. I'm like, so I came home back to Canada. And I decided, okay, it's time to like, it's time to ignore all of the things that people told me that I was, my life was going to be. And all of the things that the doctors and the professionals and the, the rehab specialists and all those things, I was like, you know, I did something, I pushed my body beyond anything that I could have imagined pushing my body through and actually surviving it. And I did. And I'm still functioning. And I didn't end up in the hospital and there's no long-term damage and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, so I came home and a friend of mine was a, a personal trainer. And he used to do, and he did like serious boot camps. And and he would have people stay with him um, as they would go. And he, he, so I was like, okay, called him up and I'm like, hey, this is what happened. So I need to, I need to, I'm like, I, I need a rewiring and I need to do this. And so I stayed at his house and we worked for a week and I cried so much breaking through the belief that I was broken and that I couldn't do it. It had anchored so deeply into my cellular DNA 
because of the car accident and because of of what happened there that and i like in a lot of ways i had kind of accepted my new reality um in order to survive i accepted my new reality and in that new reality i was broken and i wasn't physically healthy and there was all this belief system that happened in that in order to accept that reality and so I was trying to accept a new reality. And so for a week, basically he broke me in, in a good way, right? A consensual way um, of like pushing me and me bawling my eyes out, being like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And the emotions that came out of it. So when I came home, I went to my massage therapist and I said, okay, I need, I need a personal trainer that can help me move through this, but has an understanding of like, injuries and and you know not to do any harm and all that kind of stuff and so my massage therapist who is epic um had somebody and so i started working with my that personal trainer and um you know and my massage therapist worked together and so um my massage therapist knew my body inside and out and all my injuries and what I was my physically capable and not capable of doing. And so they would modify my exercises and all that kind of stuff. And so I started that journey. Fast forward 11 months ago. So I started, so I, you know, I swim and I love swimming and, and actually before we go fast forward, um, yes. Which part? Yeah, no, we'll go fast forward. So I was swimming, part of my uh, exercise routine and stuff like that was to be in the water and to swim because that's, I love swimming because I'm a little mermaid and I'm a fish and a dolphin and I love the water. And so, and I was swimming and I was doing laps and, and stuff. And all of a sudden I kind of had gotten to like 54 laps and I was like, oh, I wonder what that is in like distance wise. And this was about 11 months ago. And I was like, oh, that's like just about a half a kilometer, almost like a half a kilometer or so. Like, hmm. I'm like, and I have, like my, one of my cousins, anyways, she's like a personal trainer and a fitness person. And she's a marathon person, like running marathon, biking marathons. Like she's a hardcore, like, you know, fitness, strong marathon person. And, um, you know, I had asked her, I'm like, do you think that there's like just a, swim marathon like I don't want to do the biking or the running of a triathlon <laughs> I just want the swimming part <laughs> do you think they have just the swimming so I started doing research and I was like I found out that it was called an open swim marathon and they do and I was like oh my god and they have like a baby one where you can do like a kilometer I'm like ah, I think I might be able to do a kilometer and so 11 months ago I decided to become a marathon person <laughs> I was gonna start to do my training to do a kilometer marathon start there baby one and so through the last 11 months I've been training and swimming and interval training and working out all week long when I'm not in the pool and straight training and weight training and cardio like all oh, you, you name it right and I've been like this it doesn't matter like if I was didn't feel well and and I fought through um, on my mind that was saying like, you shouldn't do this. You can't do this. There's no way that you're going to be able to do this. And I fought against and overcame all of the, the external, um, 
you know, messages like, oh, it must be nice to be able to do that. And it must be nice to be able to do that and be like, hey, like I was actually like in a major car accident, not able to do anything. I said, so me choosing to do this every day, like this has been like a commitment, like hardcore commitment, <laughs> major, major hardcore commitment, not been easy at all. Um, and overcoming all of my injuries and things like that to do this. And and so each week I would like add two more links and add two more links and add two more links. And, and then I realized that um, I was like, I'm like, I don't know if I can actually do a marathon. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be prepared. I don't know if I'm going to be ready for when the event is. So um, the event was supposed to happen with the swim club. Um, in early June and in the waters were really really cold so we did not have nice weather and I wasn't I hadn't have been I hadn't been able to get into the big pool which is the temperature of the water in longer distance to see like could I actually do it and so my personal trainer who I love her name is Steph <laughs> and she said to me well it's not because you you don't really actually want to want you're not looking to win. I'm like, no, I'm just looking to accomplish it. And she's like, well, what if you were to do like in a private event, just you and your spotter? And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> she's like, of course you can do that. You can do anything you want. I'm like, you're right. I can't do anything I want. So I decided that for this, this year that I was going to do two events, private events. The first one was to going to swim at uh, the quarry where the the swim team or the swim club does their their event, their meet, and then later in the season, in, in the early September, I was going to do one that was going to super going to be super challenging, which was to swim in Lake Huron, um, so that I would have waves and undercurrent and undertow to like challenge me. Because eventually I want to be able to do uh, some marathons that are in the ocean. Um, and so there's some major currents and things like that. So, see, i become one of those marathon people. Woo! <laughs> so I made that decision. So yesterday, I did it. I did it. Oh, my fucking God, I did it. I'm so excited and emotional right now. If you can see me on video, I'm like crying a little bit because like I can't fucking believe I did it. Oh my God. So, woo, still fairly emotional. It's incredibly emotional. Um, so we go, and so la this week, I said, just before we get, I want to share with you about the swim and the event and what happened. But, All week long, I've been fucking crazy. <laughs> Just call it as it is. The brain is so incredibly powerful that it's like, you don't need to do this. And then I'm like, well, I'm doing this. I, I'm doing this. I, 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 we and it's like, well, no, because the idea of me accomplishing this, this, incredible challenge that's so physically demanding what that means is that I'm not broken anymore I'm not emotionally broken anymore I'm not physically broken anymore I'm not psychologically broken anymore I'm not broken I am healthy and I am strong and I am capable 
And so that's a contrast to some pretty deep rooted core values and beliefs. Thank you, Angie, for so much love and support. And I'm like, there is no way, no way that you are doing this today or this week. And I'm like, yeah, watch me. <laughs> and so this is all dialogue within myself that needed to happen. And so things started happening, like not only emotionally and mood wise, thought wise, but then physically things were happening. So I was getting like, my ribs were going out, my shoulder hurt. I got weird pain in my knee. I got weird pain in my feet. I'm having cramps in my feet. I mean, weird things going on in my intestines. Like you name it. My body was like acting out all over the place. And I would just very lovingly because I I'm a, I was aware of what was going on and why it was happening so I just very lovingly said to my body I love you this isn't real <laughs> and we're still going swimming on Friday <laughs> and so I did this all week so we get to the quarry and I'm super nervous and I'm kind of freaking out inside and I'm super excited, but I'm like freaking out and um, they won't let me do what I wanted to do, which is to swim what the circuit of the way that the, the swim meet would go. Um, they're like, well, you can't do that. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, we need to figure out the length of this is so that we can figure out how many I need to do to, to make it into a kilometer. So the great, the, the, the girl there was awesome. She pulled out the calculator. We figured it out. My spotter, we rented a, she rented a paddleboard so that she could be beside me and um, off I went. And so I'm in the water and now I've been doing all of my training in a pool. I haven't been in the open water in a while. And so I'm in the open water and I can't see anything. I can't see anything. And, oh, before this moment, I just want to backtrack for a moment. When I was a kid, I spent, I grew up on the lake. And so I always, and we always lived by a lake. And so I pretty much spent all of my childhood in water and around water. And you couldn't even get me out of the water. I would be so cold that my, my teeth would be chattering. I'd be shivering and my lips would be purple and blue. And I would still not come out of the water. Like, I'd love the water. But the reason I loved the water so much, and this was part of my realization while I was doing my training this last 11 months, was that because when I was a kid, the only place I never got abused was when I was in the water. And so the water became this incredibly safe, sacred space for me. And so... I ended up swimming competitively and then I was playing soccer and I got my leg broken. And when the, I remember so clearly that when the doctor came in and told me that I wasn't going to be able to compete and I wasn't going to be able to get into the pool and I wasn't being able to get into the water for a good chunk of time, I started sobbing, uncontrollably sobbing. Now, I didn't understand back then why, because I didn't have my memories of my abuse. I didn't know any of that stuff then. But looking back on it, as I started to, as I've been doing my training and reclaiming, I realized that 
that was the moment that I had no safe place anymore because the water had always been my safe place. So I couldn't be in the water. So I didn't feel safe. And that's the moment when I really started acting out. That's when I became suicidal and, and doing lots of drugs and, you know, all sorts of things. So, um, so fast forward now, this is like this incredible, like reclaiming my safety. Okay. So we're in the water. We're at the swim. I'm at the swim yesterday. We're in the water. I can't fucking see anything. (laughs) And fear, this fear within me comes up because I have this irrational fear of like musky, which again is another funny story, but oh, what the hell, I'll tell you it anyways. Apparently this is going to be a long one. (laughs) Thanks for still hanging out with me. (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. So when I was a kid growing up on the lake, um, there was, you were constantly told, don't put your feet in the water. Don't dangle your fingers over the water. The muskie will get them. The muskie will get them. The muskie will get them. Now, if you're not familiar with what a muskie is, it's like a giant northern pike with really big teeth. And it's kind of like they're deemed as like freshwater sharks kind of concept. Okay. So one day I was down, I was about five, and I am going down to the lake and I'm about to go for a swim and it's dusk. And this is when usually the muskie came into shore to feed, right? Um, anyways, so the dock moves, actually. The dock actually moves up and down. That's how big this fish was. And at five, it was like it was like a sea monster for me. It was like this incredibly huge thing that was like the sea monster. And it took me a long while to actually get back into the water after this moment, right? So since then, I kind of have this thing, this like irrational fear of the muskie are going to get you. And so when I'm in water where I can't see below me, um, there's this like anxiety, almost like a Jaws sort of anxiety kind of thing going on of, of the muskie. So anyway, so I'm in the water. I can't see. I start to, pa- I start to panic a little bit inside me because I'm like, oh, the muskie are going to get me. And, um, and then I, my rational brain's like, you're in a quarry. There's no muskie in this lake. It's not even a lake, right? There's no rivers in or out to it. You're, you're good. You're, you're good right? Like the only fish in here are like sunfish and rock bass and maybe some bass, right? And they're just going to nibble, you know, it's all good. I'm like, okay. So that calms me down and calms me down. And so I'm swimming and I'm swimming and I'm swimming and I'm swimming and I'm doing well, but I have my swim shirt on. Now I'm a nudist. All of my swimming training has been at the nudist resort, meaning I've been training naked, swimming with clothes on, I don't know how to do that very well. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, here we go. So I have my swim shirt on and I'm swimming with my swim shirt on and I'm like, I can't do this. And so I take my swim shirt off and I hand it over to my spotter and and so now I'm swimming topless and I'm like, yay, it's free and I'm doing well and I'm having fun. Except for then there's a like, group of kids decide that they you know, are going to check out what's happening over where I am. And so I have to go put my bathing suit top back on. And, um, and so I get through the process and then it's like halfway through, I'm halfway through. 
And then, you know, I take a drink. Now, I didn't train drinking while I was training. So I take a drink of like coconut water to like keep my electrolytes up. And then I almost vomited my mouth a couple times. I'm like, okay, that was not a good plan. <laughs> and so I keep swimming and keep swimming and keep swimming. Now, I hadn't actually gotten in my training up to a kilometer. I had just gotten just under a kilometer. And so I'm almost at a kilometer. And my whole body and mind is like, you can't do this. There's no way you can do this. You need to stop now. And I'm like, no. And so I start crying. And I'm crying. And all of a sudden, I'm like, and I'm still swimming. And I'm swimming and I'm crying. And by the way, crying inside goggles is not highly recommended. I mean, unless they get, I need, I need like special specialty crying goggles that I can have a quick release because water inside your goggles with your tears is really not conducive to being able to see very well. <laughs> so I'm crying and I'm releasing and I'm like, oh my God, I have no, I'm like, no, no, I'm not broken anymore. I'm not broken anymore. And I'm releasing and I'm letting go of all of those old stories and all of those old beliefs from my physical body and my emotional body and my spiritual body. And I'm just like letting it all go. And then I'm reclaiming who I am. I finish, I finish it. I do it. I'm like, oh my God, I did it. I did it. I did it. Oh my God. And then I hang out and float for a while and just be like, so grateful. And then last night, when we got back, I was so emotional, like just crying and weeping and releasing. It was like releasing from every cell of my body and every cell of my being that the old no longer exists. The old stories that I can't do it. The old I'm not capable. The old I can't trust my body all of those stories are just gone. They're, it's like I shattered them. It's what happened is yesterday in my event, I shattered those beliefs and they no longer exist within me. What's left over the after morning, what is left over is me, this new version of me that is strong and healthy. And fucking incredible, by the way, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and, and capable of anything that I want to do. So this is what I leave you with. You, mind over matter, is a thing. If you decide that something is no longer serving you, no matter what it is, you can overcome it. It may not be easy. Most it could have some, you know, little rough periods around it. But I truly believe that we can overcome anything if we decide to. And we may not be able to do it as we used to. But that doesn't mean that we can't modify, course correct, adapt, and come around, come, come up with something that is just as awesome and maybe even more awesome. So I hope this inspired you. I hope 
this, you know, was like, wow, fuck, guy can do that. I can do that. Um, not necessarily around a marathon, but in relation to anything in any capacity in your life that's not serving you, I lovingly invite you to be like, fuck that shit. To say, fuck that shit. I'm going to conquer whatever that is and awaken the, the warrior spirit within yourself. Awaken the, the, yeah, the warrior being that is you. Wake that up. Fire that up. And then conquer whatever it is, whether it's the fear. I mean, I didn't even cover all the fear. I mean, there was so much fear, fear of failing, fear of success, fear of being one of those people, fear that none of my friends will love me anymore. And these are some of the crazy fucking fears I had. Like some of my friends would leave me because I was healthy and they all they and all of them were like not capable of doing something like that. Um, fear that, you know, others would, you know, uh, be like jealous and hate me for it. Like all of these fears that I had to like push through and work through, release and let go and, um, you know, modify relationships that, that weren't supportive and all these kind of things. But I tell you the people who, this is one thing that I have to say. Oh, and one more thing. And I, there was a lot of my own internal shit and there was a lot of external shit around me as I was training. There was a lot of people like, Ooh, must be nice. And I was like, uh, I've worked really hard to get here. Like this, this hasn't been a, Oh, I'm super young and healthy and I can do this. This was like, this is like 19 years of me struggling to get back to where I was on a physical level. Right. When I was 25, um, I'm not there. I'm in a different place, but you know, to get to that place of being capable and healthy and trusting in my body, 19 years. <laughs> right. So, so no matter what your internal stuff saying and what any external stuff is saying that isn't like, go team, go, you're fucking awesome. I say, fuck you. And, and you got this, you got this. So join me on that adventure. All right. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I hope this inspired you. Two ways that you can, you know, continue to spend more time with me. One, if you're like, Gaia, I totally want to be able to do that, but I don't know how to do that. Um, and I need your support. Come find me at succulentliving.com. There's lots of courses and, and different ways of leaning into those places that we are afraid of and conquering them. You know, I'm all about conquer, 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 both with love and sometimes a bitch slap. <laughs> it's, like, it's like conquer, 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 overcome, choose, choose. Don't be, embrace your, and reclaim and embrace and be empowered in your life in all capacities. And part of that is what leads you to having an orgasmic life, being able to live your life to the fullest, to have an epic life. So come hang out with me at succulentliving.com. Find out all the awesome ways that I can support you in that. And you can then follow me on social media under Gaia Morissette. Have a juicy day and may it be filled with epicness and adventure. Okay, bye-bye.